0: My name is Rich
1: Baker, and this is Living the Dream. And he was talking on the radio about this lame acapella group that was at somebody's party. <laughs> and I speak with the rare few who get to make
0: their living in the world of arts and entertainment. I sound
1: like this every day of my life. This is the way I, I wake up in the morning. and. Uh,
0: Big thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of Comedy Podcast Network. And me, t- I can do three auditions
1: in 45 minutes here in my apartment.
0: The artwork's by Tom Burns. The original music is by Diana Lawrence.
1: I'm considerably older than you, Rich, so I've been doing this for, for a long time.
0: <laughs> Email me. You've got questions, suggestions, complaints, good jokes you want to share. Livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. These tiny little
1: plastic things you put into a cassette player. So that was on a cassette demo.
0: Rate the show on iTunes. I dare you. I would love it. I haven't had someone rate the show in a very long time. Give me a review. Become a fan of facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Helps me out a bunch. I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I,
1: I like those. I like those uh, 45 sec, 45 minute uh, commercial jobs where I get paid $17,000. Here's episode number 47. Voice act darren stevens living the dream my name is
0: rich i am here with darren stevens he is a professional uh voice actor singer uh, performer of many types he coaches he teaches he does a little bit of everything darren thank you so much for being on the show well thank you i'm honored to be here rich uh um, it's nice to get your voice for free you're the second uh voiceover (laughs) actor i've had and and it's just so nice to interview someone who knows how to use a microphone
1: so that's a a real pleasure i better by this point yeah right after reading thousands of pieces of copy into a microphone and auditioning for thousands of things and recording uh, radio and TV commercials regionally and nationally for a lot of years, I I better know how to get in front of a microphone. And
0: like, your this is your natural speaking voice, but I mean, it almost sounds like someone's trying to do like Superman or like an, I don't know, like some kind of, it's like, (laughs) your
1: voice is what some people are like trying to do as a character voice. Well, it's funny. I've got a great story about that. I I do voice and presentation coaching for the corporate market and... uh, I had a a client, older African American gentleman. We had a great two hour session where I told him about how to stand, how to speak, and some things about enunciation and how to use his hands and how to how to present well. And at the end of our two hour session, he said, "I just have to ask you, what do you usually sound like?" <laughs> and I said, "No, no, no. I sound like this every day of my life. This is the way I I wake up in the morning and." Uh, uh, and for good or ill, this is the way I sound.
0: Now, is is that what uh, I've heard this term used in voiceover? Do you have what's called the golden
1: throat? Well, you know, there—I I don't know if there's a golden throat in voiceover. Voiceover is a very challenging business these days. So you can have an amazing voice and still not be successful in voiceover because there's uh, the ability to read copy a certain way, to sell yourself to, to to talent buyers, and so there's a lot more to voiceover than just having a great voice. I'm I'm. Fortunate that I, I do happen to have a, a pretty good voice, but uh, uh, there are a lot of good voices out there. I'm sure uh, you know, a lot of your listeners, there might be many of your listeners that have been told, "Well, you have a really good voice. Did you ever consider voiceover?" And uh, but it's, it's it's more than just a good voice. So it's yeah, like in comedy, and I'm sure you may get
0: the stupid like you hear people all the time that say, oh, "My friends tell me I'm hilarious, so that's why I took this
1: improv class or whatever." <laughs> is that is that's what it's like in voiceover? People get told that a lot. It it is like that, and. Uh, um, I've been told that so many times and uh, I have been asked about voiceover so much so I actually created a business for for coaching voiceover uh, at voicestudiocitychicago.com but uh, uh yeah people just think I people approach me in restaurants all the time are you on the radio you know and I say yes I am but you have to listen to the commercial so, yeah. sorry sorry
0: yeah. in my experience you know I've been an act for a while and and when you talk to civilians, people are always interested in in the way we live because it's so different from, you know, the nine to five thing. But I feel like voiceover people are even
1: interesting to people in the business. Well, I think, I think they're interesting because a lot of people hear about voiceover and they think, oh man, you know, I'd be interested in doing that. You know, people, you know, that's something I should add to my repertoire of things I do. And I think, Part of the reason people are interested in it is because there can be some really good money made at it, Yeah. and as a performer, we, we like money, we like to be able to pay our bills. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, uh, there's, I think, a, a wrong perception, a wrongful perception that it's kind of easy, like it's an easier way to, to make money. And uh, there was a time when it might have been easier than it is the pre- at, at present, but uh, uh, there's, there's, some, there's some skill that's required and some, some marketing and some ability to it as well. I took a voiceover
0: class um, many 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 moons ago and one of the guy's things on the advertising was he said voiceover is like one of the hardest most competitive parts of the entertainment industry. You know he said next to high fashion modeling like this is it. Is that, like do you feel like there's just a whole bunch of competition out there?
1: There is a bunch of competition out there and uh, it's tougher now than it ever used to be before. When I got into this business there were twenty or thirty guys that had uh, they were in my kind of voice range and I competed against them and I'd get the job this time and Jeff or David or Tommy would get the voice to get the job next time and there's plenty of work to go around. Nowadays with the internet there's so much more competition. I'm not just competing against the 30 or 40 people in Chicago. I'm competing against 200, 300 people nationwide. And uh, you know you can throw a rock and hit a journeyman announcer if you're looking around <laughs> the country. So uh I uh, you know, I, I, I think my talents and my skills stack up right up against anybody in in the business. But uh, you know, if when you're throwing out that many auditions to that many people, it's a it's very, very competitive.
0: But on the flip side, because you're competing with people from Sacramento and Seattle and Miami, but you're also you're their
1: competition too, whereas yeah.
0: you used to you weren't because you record at home, right?
1: Uh, yeah, and and that's that's the the, the crazy uh, competitive part of the business. Um, we're auditioning through email these days. Um, uh, I make sure that all my voiceover coaching clients know that the the next step to after after learning how to read copy into a microphone is learning how to record it and send it out over the uh, internet. That's the way we audition now. Uh, I'm with uh, a great agency, Russman and Jack downtown. I can leave this apartment and be parked next to their agency in 20 minutes. I do 95% of my auditions sitting in front of my iMac at the the microphone that I have right there. I I rarely... I see my agent. I should see them more. I should visit them more. (laughs) I I go down there either to pick up money or once or twice a a month and and that's about it. Wow. Uh, Are
0: there people out there that can still do it without a home recording system or is it pretty much you just have to be able to record yourself?
1: I submit that nowadays it's silly not to because... If I'm if I'm reading five or seven or nine or twelve pieces of copy a week uh, for for auditions, if I had to be somewhere for those five or seven or nine or twelve pieces of copy, how much of my life and time would be traveling? And even even in a in a travel fairly easy travel city like Chicago, where I'm right downtown and I'm going to another location downtown, that'd be monumentally more difficult than me. I can do three auditions in 45 minutes here in my apartment. Uh, I think you don't have to have a recording studio, but I think if you're serious, if you're a pro, if you're for real, you have a recording studio at home. It's not—it's not that difficult. It's just not that—that that tough to set up a home recording studio if you're computer savvy at all. You can plug a microphone into your a large diaphragm condenser into your into your uh, computer and, and be recording.
0: Yeah. So let's go back. Uh, at what point in your life did you first say, "Yeah, I want to be an actor"?
1: Well, I'm a lifer. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm. I'm I'm considerably older than you, Rich, so I've been doing this for for a long time, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm a BFA speech and theater, MFA acting. I got my uh, MFA from Ohio University, Go Bobcats, uh, professional actor training program there, which was geared towards preparing people for regional theater. And I did an internship at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta. Uh, but I've been performing. Uh, I think probably the real bite started in uh, high school when I started doing community theater. And instead of doing that six weeks of rehearsal for two performances for the school musical like you do in high school. Yeah. I I went to doing four weeks of rehearsal for a month of performances in a community theater in Akron, Ohio called Weathervane. And that's when I really got bit by what it's like to be an actor and performer. And then uh, I went into undergrad school at Kent State uh, in both theater and radio, TV, thinking, well, I could do radio, I could do theater. But then, if you do theater, pretty much you're doing audition, you're doing not auditions, you're doing your rehearsals. It takes over your life, yeah. and uh, and the the radio stuff just went away. Uh, I wonder sometimes what would have happened if I just continued in the in the radio vein, but. I continued in the theater vein, graduated with a degree in speech and theater, and then happened to stumble upon a, an audition for graduate school, and you know, you're an actor, you have a, a, a bachelor's degree in acting, and oh, well, here's somewhere I can be for three years. And yeah. So I went on to grad school, and it happened to be a, a good experience at Ohio University. But So I, I've been, like I said, I've been a, a lifer, and then I, uh, after my time in Atlanta, came to Chicago, thinking that I'd eventually go to New York or L.A. and become a big star. But then got uh, immediately uh, into performing in Chicago. I I arrived in Chicago in March and in the following June, I started an a cappella singing group that became successful. A group called Four Guys Standing Around Singing. Now we're talking 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But this group, uh, uh, Four Guys Standing Around Singing, started singing for dollar bills in a hat on the streets of Chicago (laughs) at the Water Tower Monument downtown, We'd, we'd make, each of us would make $100 Per person per night, uh, performing uh, for, for for people in, in downtown Chicago, wow. and uh, uh, and so that that really got me into 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 performing. That that group lasted for five years, and uh, I, I got my union card through that group and, and everything else. Uh, when you say your union card, uh, which union? Well, uh, Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, and of course those are now one union called sag Yeah. But. Uh, we had basically were singing on the street for Dollar Bills in the Hat and done a private party for a WLUP staffer in the backyard at that time there's a, a, a DJ named Jonathan Brandmeyer in Chicago he was the most popular guy on the radio and um, I was listening to his show and he was talking on the radio about this lame acapella group that was at somebody's party And I, I called the radio station got through and I said Hey Johnny B, I'm, I'm in that group and we, we weren't lame at all, that's, that, that's wrong, we were really good. And he said, come on the show tomorrow morning. I said, okay. And so the four guys, <laughs> four guys went on the radio show the next morning, did three songs that he mixed over, over the air. A McDonald's executive was driving to work, heard my home phone number that I gave out over the air. I got home from my day job at that time, and uh, there was a message on my answering machine. Hello, four guys. This is Cheryl from Leo Burnett Advertising Agency. We want to talk to you about a McDonald's commercial. This is not a joke. We did various uh, readings and demos and things for them and in, in a few months went on the air for McDonald's breakfast sandwiches nationally on radio and TV. That paid us all enough money to quit our day jobs, buy a van, and go on the road doing colleges for four years. Wow. And that's how I got my union cards.
0: By doing a commercial that you got from a radio show that you got from a private party that you got from doing street performing. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. You, you you, that is chaos theory,
1: my friend. Yeah. A butterfly well, flaps its wings. That's right. Butterfly flaps its wings and you're eating breakfast sandwiches on, the, on camera. So,
0: yeah. Well. Yeah. Whatever, whatever works for it. I love it. Um, at what point did the voice acting uh, come into your life?
1: Um, I uh, had made some demos. I'd done some work, even in uh, the uh, uh, Ohio University area, a couple of spots here or there. I made this demo and that demo, and then uh, uh, and then made a demo here in Chicago. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, named Cassie Harlow. She lives in L.A. now. I uh, was a top voice talent in Chicago. And she said, Hey, you know, I hear you got a new demo. Uh, give it to me. I'll give it to my agent. At that time, Voices Unlimited. She was with a uh, company called Voices Unlimited, run by a woman named Sharon Watrick. And uh, the demo was on cassette. I don't know, Rich, if any of your listeners are familiar <laughs> with these, these tiny little plastic things you put into a cassette player. So that was on a, a cassette demo. Yeah, you and put your uh, pinky in there to wind it up. That's the right. Beginning. That's right. Or, or, or a number two pencil. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, um, so. Cassie was also performing in a show at that time. I went and saw Cassie at her show and I heard later Sharon, my agent, said uh, I was at the same show as Sharon. This lady was later my agent. And Sharon said her husband was talking to her after Cassie's show and Sharon said to her husband, be quiet because I'm listening to that voice over there. And she got up from her chair, went backstage to Cassie and said do you know who that guy in the audience is? And Cassie said, "Yes, his name is Darren Stevens. His his, his demo is on your desk." Sharon brought me in a few days later. I read for uh, uh, that agency, Voices Unlimited, here in Chicago, and that's how I embarked on the most lucrative part of my my voiceover career here in Chicago. But I I've been with uh, I was with Harriett Davidson before that. I had done some a few small voiceover jobs before that. But so the very 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 beginning was probably in in graduate school a, a couple of things, but didn't start in earnest till about 15 years ago here in Chicago.
0: Yeah, and at that point did it, at what point did it become like your main thing? I feel like that's kind of your main thing right now.
1: It is. Um, uh, you know, I, I was with uh, Harise Davidson, uh, this is uh, some time after the uh, McDonald's commercial had come and gone, still paying my union dues as I, as I am today. Uh, and uh, I thought, woohoo! I've gotten with Voices Unlimited, the top agency in Chicago. Man, I'm going to start making money ASAP. Boy, I better tell my day job people I'm going to be leaving. And uh, uh, it wasn't till oh, it, it took six or six or, or nine months at that point, and then it did become my, my full time job. Um, now it's a, a much dicer proposition. I don't know how how soon people could expect to have voiceover be their their, their full time job. Uh, it's just a more difficult business now, but. Uh, but then shortly after that, yeah, I just started doing radio and TV commercials, and uh, it, it took off. And you said you, you had the idea that uh, originally you might move to New York or move to L.A. Uh,
0: at what point did you say, no, I'm going to stay here and stick it out?
1: Well, uh, you know, Chicago, the comedy capital of America. I got involved in improv, uh, especially long-form improv. That's, that's still, I think, my favorite, my favorite form uh, with a group called the Free Associates uh, some time ago. Uh, and then more recently I've done things like the Musical Improv House Ensemble and things like that. Uh, but um, uh, comedy in Chicago, the greatest in, in the nation. Number th- two theater, theater town in America, and I think in some respects the number one theater town in America for a certain kind of theater and a certain kind of lifestyle. Uh, and so I really was bitten by a Chicago bug. and just It's also a livable city. You can live here and not have to be wealthy. And uh, all those things together uh, you know then eventually you know I met a girl and she lived here and you know married sure. her and stuff you know so there's all that stuff too um, uh, and and just uh, I just became a Chicago person and just uh, it just stuck yeah at this point is a is there
0: still any inkling of, of moving at this point
1: well you know uh, I'm fairly established here in Chicago and I have a, a, a good easy life <laughs> Paying the bills, great apartment, and uh, you know I like my life right now here in Chicago. I think if I were to do any kind of move, I, I, I love New York, and uh, should that come to pass I could, I could see living in New York, but uh, that's about it. Uh, and I, I could also be happy living in, in, in Chicago the rest of my days. There might be a few uh, weeks in the middle of February where I might reconsider that, but other than that, <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big Chicago fan.
0: On your website, uh, and you have two—you have your voice website, and you also have the one about you coaching people. On the on the coaching one, you talk uh, quite a bit about how you charge a lot less than the people, other people you know in the business who do the same thing. Uh, how did that? How did the coaching thing even come about in the first place?
1: Well, um, uh, there's my voiceover website for all you voice talent buyers, Darren's Voice com for for buying. Voiceover, and then for uh, anybody interested in voiceover, you can go to voiceoverstudiochicago.com. And uh, honestly, I some years ago I was just honestly dismayed at the amount of money people were charging newcomers for a voiceover demo. Uh, when I knew that the voiceover business is so difficult, so challenging that few people have a chance of making any money at it, so. Uh, I saw people being charged fifteen hundred two thousand three thousand dollars for a voiceover demo that was going to be worthless to them and so I thought why not provide all the information anyone would need to learn about the voiceover business in two hours and uh, and then then go on go on from there and so uh, you know I have a thing called the voiceover exploration you come in for two hours I had a client here just before you arrived Rich Uh, a gentleman was here he's a Financial planner guy, you know businessman, and people always told me he had a great voice. Uh, he might be in his early 40s, and uh, uh, he just wanted to find out about the voiceover business. So he came in here. Uh, we talked. To, I shared all the information I know, and uh, uh, he gave me 150 dollars, and then went on his way, uh, happy with the fact that he got what he needed. And then the follow-up to that is he will send me, if he's serious, he'll will get a home, you know set up his home recording studio, and send me MP3s. But on my website I talk about the fact that there are people voiceover sounds attractive we've already talked about that in this conversation today it sounds interesting it sounds fun Uh, boy how do I get into that how do I find out about that and there are people that will take advantage of that attitude and charge any amount of money there's a thing I mentioned on my on my website called voices for all this rip-off and they're they're not the only one you know they'll they'll set up shop at a hotel in uh, Iowa <laughs> and come out, find out about voiceover, and you show up at the Ramada Inn for a day-long thing about voiceover. And darned if uh, each and every person that shows up at this thing has a unique aptitude for voiceover. And with just three thousand more dollars, you can make a voiceover demo, and then you could be in business. And, and these people are getting absolutely ripped off. I uh, there's a gentleman that called me some, uh, some months ago. He said, "Oh, Darren, I am, I am in the doghouse. I am in big trouble." I just went to this Voices for All thing. I spent $2,000 on a voiceover demo. My wife is gonna kill me. So, uh, you know, what? I don't know what to do with this demo now. Do you have any ideas for what I should do with my, you know? And uh, I told the gentleman, honestly, um, that what he could do is, he lives in Naperville or something like that. I said, well, you know, you have some, you have a voiceover demo, market yourself to the guy down the street as maybe a regular guy that has a certain kind of voice you can, if you have bakery products that you want to sell, you can go to Joe's Bakery, you know. So, uh, I mean, like any other business, you can, he could market himself, but that guy was clearly ripped off and gouged. Yeah. He probably had no reason, no business being in the voiceover business. But um, you know, how do you find out about that? You, take, you, you work with me or you work with somebody so you can learn about the voiceover business. And I sleep well at night. You know, I charge a, a fair price. People get everything they, they need to, to, to know about this business. As opposed to eight weeks of classes or $1,500 dollars for a demo, and so that's how I got to do. I just felt like people were being ripped off, and uh, I could make some money, and I, you know I do make money with my Voiceover coaching site, but also not so incidentally, it's a, it's a service.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean acting coaching of any discipline, I think, is, is worth it as long as you know the price and what you're getting yeah. out of it. so: that's...
1: Absolutely and uh yeah i mean if you want to learn about acting you want to learn about comedy or if maybe you're a business person you want to just have more facility in front of crowds improv training is great for for a lot of business people and i recommend uh i recommend my business clients to uh to, to take improv training
0: absolutely um uh, as far as uh in in the voiceover world when you do a spot uh does that make you ineligible to do spots first like if you did a mcdonald's spot what well, you did uh, does, are you now ineligible to like audition for a Burger King spot? Uh,
1: that's called a conflict. Uh, it only happens if you're doing a uh, uh, a big TV spot for uh, well, big TV spot. If you if you have any spot at all in insurance, you shouldn't do another insurance spot on television. It doesn't. It's it's and it's television only. It's not on radio. Um, and uh, it's it's a conflict. Uh, and it does happen. If you get really, really popular, uh, and you're the voice of McDonald's, then the Burger King people don't don't want you on there. But typically, that is not a thing that that actually occurs that often. Yeah. And, and if you're at the higher echelons of the business, uh, uh, then then th- that can happen. If you're uh, David Pasquese for McDonald's or Toyota, maybe you don't want David's voice on Burger King or Ford.
0: Sure as far as uh, at any point did your parents your someone in your family you know friends tell you like dude don't be an actor go do this that and the other and like if that happened at any point did they finally go okay you've made it you're good
1: no for good or you ill, know, my parents were both uh, they actually met through theater in college oh and so they and my my mother uh actually the very first community theater play that i was in the one i talked about a bit ago my mother was in that as well lillian hellman's watch on the rhine at weatherbank community theater uh, back in the day and my mom also had a, a role in, in that show so uh, they've been very very supportive um, uh, my father and mother are both very very supportive of my performing
0: in my singing as far as the different types of voiceover you got
1: commercial and industrial and all that kind of stuff do you have a favorite well um, I, I, I like those I like those uh, 45 sec, 45 minute uh, commercial jobs where I get paid 17000 uh, yeah, uh, dollars <laughs> yeah those are my favorites Rich. Uh, no, you know, I really love doing two-person radio, and um, I, did, I used to do a lot of that. There's not as much of it around, even if you listen to the radio, you don't hear as much of it. A guy, a husband and a wife talking about what car they're going to buy, and that's a, that's a really great use of Chicago talent. You know, you have the funniest people in America, here in Chicago, just get them on two microphones and get them riffing back and forth on a script and doing funny radio. That's probably my, my favorite kind of voiceover but uh, I, I love reading copy if you want to be in the voiceover business you have to enjoy reading copy because this business is about auditioning it's you know if you get the job that's great but for the most part you're auditioning you're, you're talking into a mic for an audition and uh, so you have to enjoy that uh, fortunately I do and uh, but I, I and I enjoy uh, I don't enjoy doing radio and TV spots uh, I enjoy narration I have a medical narration clients very challenging it's a four-hour session, I'm in front of a microphone for three and a half hours doing complicated medical narration. Uh, I've just gotten into audiobooks in the last six months, so a uh, uh, ten-hour audiobook on um, how to raise children if they're boys, and another uh, book uh, called uh, The Big Lebowski in Philosophy, uh, related to philosophy, how it relates to the movie The Big Lebowski. And I just did a, a science fiction uh, book uh, recently. So. I enjoy that as well, too. That That's a, a lot of work, a lot of work, but I, I like it all. I think if I had to pick one, yeah, two-person funny radio is, is the best best kind of voiceover. In addition
0: to voiceover, you also do a lot of theater. I know right now you're doing a Blagojevich, uh,
1: is it a play or musical? Or? Actually, it's called Blagojevich Blagojevich. If you're listening to this, this podcast uh, right away, uh, our last weekend is, is this weekend. Uh, it's about a uh, nightmare... This won't air by then, unfortunately. Oh, okay, well... Uh, well then look it up online or find out if there's some some pictures or information uh, uh, but it's a, a play about Bogoevich's last last night on uh, before he was incarcerated pretty much and uh, a nightmarish kind of a thing it's an 85 minute play I'm on stage hundred percent of the time playing rod Bogoevich and that's that's big fun
0: Wow and so as far as the balance between theater and voiceover I feel like you know, earlier you were saying, like in theater, you, you rehearse all this and then you do all this. But even the top paying theater in the world isn't likely going to pay as much as a handful of
1: voiceover sessions.
0: Do you do the theater because it's fun?
1: Uh, theater you have to do because it's fun. You also, like I say, you have to you have to do voiceover because you enjoy it. Because so much of it is auditioning as opposed to actually working. Uh, although the work is 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 big fun when it happens. Um, yeah, yeah. I think theater in Chicago, there, there are other cities, from what I gather, where, uh, or, or in regional theater or in broad, Broadway, off Broadway, where actors in theater can make their entire living. But the great thing about voiceover, it's it's a wonderful supplement to uh, to performing, to doing improv, to doing theater, or whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, if a fifteen-year-old kid said, "I want to do what you do,"
1: what would you tell them? <laughs> well, I, I honestly believe, you know, this is sounds like crass marketing, but. Honestly, uh, I would come and take the voiceover exploration, find out what voiceover is all about, read copy into a microphone, and uh, and have Darren coach you through copy and uh, tell you all about how to practice, how to set up a home recording studio, how to uh, get into it. Uh, that's one thing. I, that's one thing I tell people about about voiceover. Or take classes at. A, uh, Acting Studio Chicago. That's my recommendation for for classes in Chicago. They have pro people there. Uh, you can learn from your fellow classmates if you want to go a classroom kind of way to go. Uh, Acting Studio Chicago is a, is, is a dynamite.
0: Yeah, yeah. If in a horrible world, uh, voiceover, theater, film, oh anything entertainment didn't pay anymore, what
1: job would you settle on? I probably write. I've done a lot of writing. Uh, I would write. I've, I've got a, 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 an unpublished novel uh, that I've cranked out, and it's out to agents right now. I'm trying to sell that. Um, or uh, what? Singing? Probably singing. Well, maybe if if, if I wasn't allowed to sing for, for money, well, I'd sing anyway, because I <laughs> I would sing for for no money. For for those those burning two by fours in the in the in the fifty gallon drum, I'd be I'd be that guy singing there, singing harmony with my pals for no money around the burning uh, burning wood. In the uh, post-apocalyptic, nightmarish scenario you uh, you envision, um, uh, but uh, probably probably writing, probably writing, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, um, is the future of voiceover? Is it gonna? Is it gonna stay kind of the same? Is it gonna blow up more? Is it, like?
1: Is it gonna? I think we're settling into a place where it's 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 pretty much as difficult as it as it can be right now with the nature of competition. Uh, but I mean, it's difficult. It's competitive but also the barriers for entry are lower. You know, you can, uh, if you get a voiceover demo made, you can go to uh, voice123.com or voices.com, or in some cases Craigslist or acx.com if you want to audition for audiobooks only, uh, and you can start auditioning for things. Anyone can go after it. So the barriers for entry in some respects are lower. Someone can spend two or three hundred dollars make their home recording studio, and be in the voiceover business and be going after be going after it. Now whether they win the jobs or not, that's a whole other a whole other thing. But I think it's kind of in a in a place right now where it's going to be for a good long time.
0: Excellent. Um, I, what are we plugging? You you've plugged in a bunch of things already. So obviously your voiceover, you can listen you've got five different reels, um, which I've heard uh, they sound great at uh, darrensvoice.com. Mm-hmm and you've got your coaching which say the website again
1: voiceoverstudiochicago.com or actually it's popular enough now that if you put uh, voiceover training Chicago into a Google search I'll be on the first or second page wow That's great. Uh,
0: Anything else you want to plug? YouTube videos, anything like that?
1: Where are you performing, Rich?
0: Oh, well, I'm about to be performing on a cruise ship for four months. Oh, oh, oh.
1: well, you can't plug that, I guess. Uh, If you're on the Norwegian Star. (laughs) Uh, Well, I I make sure, I just always want to make sure we plug the amazing comedy performance in Chicago. The people like in Baby Wants Candy or out of the Comedy Shrine or uh... or uh, the annoyance theater Uh, uh, if you if you don't know if you're listening to this this podcast you don't know about the wide breadth of of comedy in chicago go see every little comedy theater don't just go to second city Uh, uh, there's a a ton of great theater, a ton of great little theater, tiny little black box theaters and uh... You don't have to be downtown. You go into the neighborhoods and enjoy performance in Chicago. Excellent. Uh, Darren Stevens, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Rich, again. I'm honored. I appreciate it. All right. Living the dream.
0: As always, big thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of Comedy Podcast Network. The original artwork is by Tom Burns. The original music is by Diana Lawrence. Email me, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast and like our fan page. Take a minute to rate the show on iTunes, leave a comment, I really appreciate it, it helps me out. Next week I talk to talent agent Brooke Shoemaker, she is a delight. My name is Rich Baker and this is Living the
1: Dream.